Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chapter by Chapter podcast coverage of the Eye of the World comic book, our Patreon exclusive in quotes yeah. <laughs> podcast that we are now just, I guess, the first six issues we're putting out for free for to get you guys, just give you guys a little bit of a taste. First of all, once you get those air quotes, I want you to get them the fuck out of here because there's nothing fake about this. This is entirely real. This is the <laughs> realest shit you're ever going to find on the internet, and that's why it's behind a paywall. <laughs> I love it. My name is Will Cowan. Steve is my co-host. Hello. Love this guy. My name is co-host and Steve. Co-host Steve. And we are getting into issue 1.5. This is interesting that they do 1.5 for this. It is interesting. It, it doesn't make sense why they do that. It doesn't. There's a lot about this book that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, at one point, well, it's it's about half the size of book one. Yeah. Uh, it's only like 24, 23 pages, I think. Yeah. Book one was like 54 pages. Yeah, big, big book, that first one. But I also went and looked it up, and that first issue was, that, it, depending on uh, which edition you bought, like or, uh, which uh, printing you bought, I think, um they split that one in half so the one uh the issues there was an issue zero that was the when they were young kids in emmons field and also uh the lose there and tell you know iliana nonsense and then issue one was the first chapter of eye of the world i think the first three chapters of eye of the world now we have one point. I mean, standard standard comic comic book is usually about twenty three pages or so, twenty two pages, around there. And yeah. the looking at the the rest of the books going forward in the series, at least the next few, they are all about twenty three pages. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that issue one is is combined with a zero. Yeah, I don't know why they combine it and they didn't just keep it as number zero, but whatever. And same with I don't understand why this is one point five instead of not just two. Just two. Well, yeah. or, or <laughs> like here's the thing: is that one of them? The first one is more of a prologue. Yeah. So for sure. it, w- it would have made more sense for that one to be called zero point five or zero, or yeah. or just point five. Let's just start point it off five, at point five. Point two. Anything? <laughs> why not? <laughs> we don't even number it. Just call it Dragon Mount because isn't that, isn't that the name of the prologue? Look at this. Yeah, yeah, Listen, yeah, yeah. I don't know where the rights are for this series, but clearly it needs a reboot. We need to do the whole book, and Will and I are available. Hey, nothing but free time over here. Let me tell you. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so let's get started on the cover here. Let's get into it. I hate it. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> I think it's terrible. Um. I think it's okay. I think it's okay because, okay, so it's Tom with his yeah. arm up in the air doing and a, his, his cape flowing, his cloak like flowing across the page and then underneath it, the cloak is almost almost sort of a divider and then yeah. underneath it is a different image of uh, a horse and carriage. I suppose it's the peddler, Padden Fane coming into town. Yeah, him, him shrouded in darkness. Shrouded in darkness, and then the colors are... There's lots of yellows. Looks almost like a sunset. Or like the yeah. forest is on fire. I don't know. You decide. Or it's just covered in piss. Just all pee everywhere. Covered in hot piss. <laughs> so, it was a little jarring seeing this cover. I have a couple problems with the cover. First of all, this is, I think that putting Tom 
on the cover of pretty much the first issue in your series, or 1.5, whatever it is, I think mm-hmm. is silly. I think that Tom should have a whole splash page introduction, and he should be, you know what I mean? Like, you should just be, his magnificence should should draw you and should come at you out of nowhere. Should should turn the page and say, holy shit. Yeah. Who's this guy? No, I, I, I think I see that same problem. Like it's his, his like grandeur, you know, like how awesome Tom is. We're big fans of Tom and seeing him kind of sharing the spotlight with Pat and Fane, but not really, but yes, he is. It's kind well, of, they each, they each have their own chapters in the book, right? There's one yeah, called the Peddler. There's one called the Gleeman. Exactly. Yeah. And they smoosh them together here into one book. So thematically speaking, I guess the cover makes sense in terms of storytelling, but it makes sense. But when you go through the book, when you go through the, the, this issue, Tom is the star of the show in this, in this issue. Like I, every time it's Tom is on, on page, it's just way more fun. And I I don't know. I, I, I feel the same way. I don't know if I feel as harshly as you do. Because I can see the the thematic elements into it, and I can understand why, a, like the artist, no, would do it the way he I did. can understand. I can understand that too. Listen, I understand. I'm not saying I don't understand. What I'm saying is I don't like it. It's just two completely right. different things. I don't like right. the depiction of Tom. I I think that on this cover he looks like Lemony Snicket. He looks like Jim Carrey, <laughs> wrapped in like my grandma's quilt, and I don't know. I'm not really about it. Yeah. All right. I see what you mean. And this is drawn by uh, Chase Conley. Chase Conley. Surprisingly, do- because he who- drew the first book. And these books look completely fucking different. I was going to say, man, like the art in this one seems like a com- almost a completely different artist. I would say in some ways is better, but in other ways, way worse. But- I It's stylized. <laughs> It's, it's stylized. Some yeah. some people are like this kind of art and they're okay with it. To me, it looks <laughs> sloppy and lazy. I've never been a fan of this type of of artwork in comics. What would you I, describe? What would you like if you had to title this type of artwork? What would you do? And what would be some other works that you would reference to that would be a similar style? Uh, I'd probably call it uh, the deadlines due on Friday. <laughs> and there's some image stuff I can oh, definitely yeah. compare it to. There's, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's, I don't know. I don't know what to compare it to right off the top of my head because it's not very memorable or enjoyable. It took me quite a long time to figure out who the hell these characters are, uh, based off of their appearance, other than Rand, uh, since he has that bright orange hair. Moraine looks like an entirely different person. She appears to be wearing a brand new dress. It's still blue, but it is a different dress. Well, that's because it's uh, Nynaeve. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes, she is like this. Okay, yes. All right. She is for like two things. And I thought you were talking about for like two panels. And I thought you were talking about Nynaeve there for a second. My bad. No, Nynaeve is also in a blue dress, which I'll say on uh, the part of the the colors and art is, is a great dress, is a great choice. Yeah, <laughs> just put both the female characters in this book in blue dresses. It doesn't Make matter. It's not really confusing. Make them yeah, they're both brunette in, in blue in, blue dresses. Blue One dresses. of them has a staff, though. So yeah, pay attention. 
Um, I get it. It's <laughs> it's nitpicky. It's uh, it's a blue dress, but considering this is the same artist, the detail that was on the first dress when we were pointing out that it looked almost like a nighty or something is none of it's there on this one. In this, which is fine. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of sort of lack of detail and almost a simplicity to a lot of the artwork at times. You know, when looking at this, um, when compared to the last issue, to me, this looks like the last issue was drawn on paper and this one looks like it's all done digitally. I I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know about that for me. But if you go back and you just look at book one, the first few pages where it's like Nynaeve as a, where Egwene as a kid. It's much more blended in. Like it's just yeah, it is night. It is night and day. Like yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's got a completely different feel to it. It almost feels like just softer in tone. And this is very harsh. Very very like when you, blacks are black in this, and you can see the outlines of all the characters. You can see the outlines on people's hair. You know if you yeah. uh, if you zoom in on like the next um, page two or something like that, when Patton and Fane is riding into Emmett's field and you just zoom in on some of the some of the hair some of the hair drawings here some of it is yeah, just like which i like so dark I like the black work it looks it looks good like it it doesn't look bad all of let me let me be clear here all of this art isn't bad not like it's not even bad just because i'm nitpicking and on for the record like i ain't shit chuck chuck dixon and chase conley listen you guys great you did a great job but unfortunately i'm doing a podcast where i'm picking this thing apart (laughs) (laughs) now there's a severe lack of backgrounds in a lot of images um which is which is again it's stylized and it's a choice because a lot of the time it's just sort of like blue foggy skies and shadows but one thing that i do feel is lazy that is done a lot in this issue is this sort of cross stitch sort of pattern for shadows and not even just Mm. for shadows just for background um especially in the back half of this issue it starts popping up to fill space like crazy and it just looks lazy i'm sorry it's this is the wheel of time you could this is emmons field in the background there's so many things you could be adding back there oh Um, you're totally right. Like I, I was thinking this when I was reading when I was reading this as well was, you know, there's certain landmarks about Emmons Field that you and I both know about. And since we've already kind of established this in the last issue, that this is better used as kind of a companion piece to the novel. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're better Absolutely. off re- reading the novel first and then coming to the comic book series than vice versa. Um we I was hoping I was hoping for like you know, you'd see the wine spring in and it would have a distinct look to it. Or you'd see the the pole. They're putting up the pole for no pole. Night or, no I haven't pole. seen any. I haven't seen. I, I, I don't even think I've heard mention of the pole. Or like that. Or the fact that they're getting ready for winter night and we're not seeing any sort of like festivities being done. Nothing. 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 That's what I mean. Like Nothing. there could be have things in the background. Could have things happening. Even even. It just like uh, seems like shitty, shitty medieval town. Just shitty, de- shitty, depressed medieval town. Just it, just honestly, just generic. Yeah, unfortunately, super generic, super generic. And that's what I mean. Like this is the wheel of time. It should have gotten a little bit better of a treatment. Even and this whole thing with Tom, 
Tom doesn't even arrive. He's just there. And he just sort of steps in and uh, and is like, hey, I'm taking over this issue. Forget about that guy. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> well, and to, for me, that's where the, the issue picks up a lot. Um, but it's everything leading up to it where I'm just kind of like, okay, I guess that's cool. Like, it's just hitting it's just hitting the points of the plot as fast as possible to, like, squeeze it all together into yeah. it, squeeze it all together into the into the this 23 pages and i understand that but there's ways to make this more interesting especially when you know people like us who have read eye of the world are going to be looking for very specific things yeah it was it i didn't love it it moved way too fast there was one point where i was like where i audibly laughed out loud just because <laughs> i was like what is happening where it was just like Which- i don't know which part? It was some part where Tam came back into it and he put his hand on Rand's shoulder and he's like, we got to go. And I was like, who even is this guy? He looks and then it's like, it was Tam. And I was like, it doesn't like, everyone's just, took, their faces are changing. And it's just, I don't know. They're a bunch of shapeshifters, I think. Faces are definitely a hard look. It's, it's, faces are tough in this, in this, uh, in this series. And one, there's one big splash, in, splash image is when you see Patton's face for the first time, uh, on page like uh seven you see his face and he looks like the joker but it's it's not right like i don't know if you can see that on my screen there sorry oh yeah i saw that well you know what i kind of like that i kind of like that one really i thought that one first of all that's not a splash page well splash is the whole page william sorry sorry but this is, I mean, yeah, it is rough. He he does he does kind of look like the Joker. He doesn't look as much as like the Joker as Maureen did in the last issue. <laughs> yeah, he looks kind of like the Riddler. But I but I'll take that though. I'll take that. Well, I for mean, Pat for Pat and Fane, yeah, Pat and Fane, it makes sense for that. But there's certain things that if you look at it, it just it it unnerves me that that got away with it, specifically the middle of his forehead, like right between his eyes. Like there's this little scrunch of skin that's yeah, going Yeah, but sometimes people there. have that. You know, sometimes people have like a weird I, little... I'm, I'm this happens for, There's like four or five different characters that have that though. Like if you <laughs> yeah, go... Well, that I'm not fine with. Senbui's <laughs> got it too. If you look at the image right below of Pat and Fane, right below the, the Joker one, and you'll see, like, uh, he doesn't have it there anymore in his eyebrows, nor does he even have eyebrows. So that's what's looks like Lou Theron. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, or that spooky guy that was with him. The Forsaken <laughs> guy. Yeah. And again, I know sometimes there's a lack of detail uh, purposely for in, in, in this style of art, but it's not working for me. Yeah, there's a few pages ahead with Senbui where it's the same sort of thing, where it is just he's getting into detail in all the wrong places on Senbui's wrinkles. Yeah. I'm also looking at that same picture of um, Pat and Fane uh, underneath his like introductory face thing, and there's this white outline acro- around his right arm that yes, makes no, no sense why it's there. <laughs> you are like, correct. That does not make like, sense. That looks like, like perhaps it was forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like it might have been the black outline that hasn't been filled in yet. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's light or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to <laughs> justify that. Especially it's hard to. It's hard to not feel that this issue was pretty phoned in art wise. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
Chase Connolly, if you're listening to this and crying, <laughs> it's not our intention. But hey, thank you for your interest in the Patreon. <laughs> I think the white. I think the white is on purpose. The white outline of the arm is his attempt to outline the arm against a darker surface. Because there's a few panels ahead where you can see uh, the same. I see sort what of you thing mean. Yeah. a few times. I see what you mean. But just stu- it stuck out for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it is one. It just seems a little off. Um, but that being said, these are we're 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 really pulling it apart. But we really on are. a on a whole, I think I agree with you. It seems seems a little rushed on on the art front. Um, like on the whole, I'd give the art a six, a solid six out of ten. Right. You know what do you that's think? A pass. What do you think about the design of the characters here? Like, I hate it. I I hate most of them. (laughs) If I'm going to be honest, I think Perrin (laughs) looks a little ridiculous. I think Matt looks a little ridiculous. I think Nynaeve and Egwene look a little ridiculous. Or not Egwene. Moraine. Moraine, I think Tom. I think Egwene is here, but she doesn't say anything. I think she's like right next to. uh, Who fucking knows? Who knows? I don't know. Who, who oh, yeah. knows? That is her. Rand Rand says like, "Oh, hello, Egwene. I was hoping you could dance with me." And then Tom comes. Yeah, out, and then, bursts he, and then he gets the door, interrupted like, or something. Yeah, yeah. He's burst through the door and he's smoking a pipe and he's like, "Where's my whiskey? I'm gonna juggle for you." Brandy. <laughs> and I hate Tom's. I hate how Tom looks. Why did you not give him long hair? Why did you give him short anime gray hair? Mm, yeah, I know that. Tom, I know that Tom in the book, like how he's described, he is described as like a thinner guy. But for me, the way I picture Tom in my head is a much bigger kind of rotund guy. You know what I mean? Got I a little bit more I, girth to him. I, you know, I, I didn't. I'm fine with his size. I think his hair is just ridiculous. I think it's very odd. Right. I think the mustache is also very odd. It's um, it's like a, um, That's it's a almost like a fu, sure. it's like a Fu Manchu. It's like Yosemite Sam crossed with a Fu Manchu with not a single trace of any hair anywhere else on his face. So it's very yeah. odd. His 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 cloak, his cape is pretty accurate. It's the multicolored patch patchwork cape. Yeah. But then he's just wearing but then he's just wearing like black trousers and a white just a white blouse. shitty white shirt, white blouse, which I guess is maybe what he'd be wearing, but I, again, it's just I imagine Tom to be wearing to be dressed a little bit more like Jack Sparrow. Lots of straps, lots of things and little nickets, uh, little knickknacks, yeah, li- little things all over him. Um, little Yo, tricks and little surprises, and yeah, and he and he's he's you know a a magician slash a musician slash magician slash thespian. He's all sorts of things. He's whatever he needs to be. So you think he's got all of these tricks up his sleeve and. I guess he does because he starts juggling a few seconds later. Yeah, he pulls it out and he's ready to go. But before he does that, actually, he pulls off a backflip, which is always an interesting choice. And I think I mentioned <laughs> in our other episode that in the Game Tyrion. of Thrones one, Tyrion does that. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, for anyone who's who's familiar with Game of Thrones, uh, the books or the series, there's that scene, I think, in the first episode when the Lannisters have shown up to King's Landing. Jon Snow's not really part of the feast because, you know, he's the bastard child. So he goes outside 
to go mope and Tyrion's out there and he's like uh he's like hey boy he's like I have a you know I like broken things or something and he says a little thing and they have their little moment right. together because Tyrion's also not part of the feast well that that sequence in the book in the comic book is the same except Tyrion's like up on the rooftop and he's like sitting there like an anime character with his like arms over his knees and he's like oh hello boy and then he does like a triple front flip down from the rooftops and lands in front of John and then starts conversation. And we get the same sort of thing here with Tom where uh, he starts saying that they boys can't lift him or something. And Perrin's like, I'll lift you right now. And Tom's like, no, 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 we need an audience. And then he does like a, he does like a backflip up onto yeah. a perch and starts telling a story. Starts which juggling, is fine. starts doing his thing. And which is fine, I guess. But it's just, uh, I mean, what are we, what are, what are we doing here? This is an old man. <laughs> I mean, okay, if uh, we'll have to see where the comic book goes and how does it, how they show off, like how um, equipped he is for combat situations. Maybe his, maybe some of this acrobatic sort of stuff comes into play with like knives and stuff <laughs> like that. You know. <laughs> We get to the part where he fights the uh, the Mirdral and it's just Attack on Titan with Tom, and he's just like fly. He's just like he has those like those things that have an Attack on Titan that are like the uh, yeah yeah, you know yeah I mean? like, they're like they're like gyro gyroscopes. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're like weird like swords that are like curt like uh, with an well, angle. No, at the it, end it's of it. like a grappling hook system that like allows you to fly through the sky, and then yeah, and then you have your swords. We should do a podcast. We should just change this. Listen, everyone, our Patreon show is now going to be about Attack on Titan. <laughs> it's called Attack on Patreon. Hey, you're Please paying donate. for it, but we can change it whenever we, we want. We can just change it. We can do that. We can do that. <laughs> we can make it anything. Which, before we go further, reminds me one thing that I would like to address on this episode. Uh, we did mention it's the same creative team, which means that our boy, Bill Tortellini, is still mm-hmm. in the mix. Bill Torts! Billy Torts. So we got to pay our respect and we have the Bill Tortellini minute. <laughs> we'll put in our Tortellini theme song right there. Now, torts, 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 torts. As I mentioned last time, <laughs> you type in Bill Tortellini comics, Bill Tortellini wheel of comics. You don't get a lot. Well, wheel of, wheel of time comics, sorry. Mm-hmm. You don't get a lot. Uh, you do get. Of course, the Wheel of Time series comes up a few times. So I really wanted to talk more about his career or upcoming projects or, you know, just anything that he has worked on. But unfortunately, it's just not there. Now, because of that, we're not going to just cut the bit because Bill Tortellini is great. Uh, So what I'm going to give you is a quick recipe for creamy tomato and spinach tortellini. Now, you know what? There's no such thing as a quick recipe, is there? So at the end of the day, you should probably just Google this yourself. It's real good. It's real good. Well, here's the thing about uh, recipes. When you find recipes online, my biggest complaint about it is that almost every single recipe you find online comes with like a 600 to 10,000 word (laughs) story of like how this how this fucking recipe changed their life or whatever, you know, or how they served it to their And it'll always start. It'll just start like you're like, okay. Tortellini, spinach tortellini. I am ready. It's my first time making this. Ooh, okay. 
All right. I'm a little nervous. Let's, let's read this recipe. And then the recipe says starts off and it says, have you ever had one of those days where you wake up and you put on one sock and then you can't find a matching sock everywhere you look? There's just no sock that matches your foot. Well, that's how I felt on Saturday. So anyways, <laughs> my friend Cindy came over and we sat around and after a couple of wines, because, you know, it was girls night. We thought that we'd have a great idea that we should start rewatching The Bachelor because we both love The Bachelor. So we watched The Bachelor a little bit. And at one point in The Bachelor, a bit, there was a man named Bill Tortellini. And I said, ooh, I would love to marry a man named Bill Tortellini. I would, lo- I would love to just have some cheese-filled torts every night of the week. Oh, And that's how I got to this recipe. So you're going to want a cup of spinach, a yeah. diced tomato, onion tortellini for days (laughs) so whip that up everyone that's a tortellini minute that's a tortellini minute um what do you think of bill tortellini's work in this in this what i'm starting to realize is that bill tortellini is actually kind of a genius he says that he does interiors everything that we've seen so far in this book happens outside so what i realize that we might be i know i realize we might be i realize we might be dumb (laughs) The fun thing about this podcast is, although I realize it many times throughout life, is it really helps me realize when and that we are dumb. Uh, because interior design, I think, is probably has to do with the interior of the book and not the interiors <laughs> of the houses uh, <laughs> in oh, the artwork. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I realize. Um, oh, so okay. he's probably more about the layout of uh, the creative team of the, of the credits of the variant, uh, well, you know. Now that I'm looking at it, all right, he's got a very kinetic sort of. Uh, Listen, very bold statement. I think Bill Tortellini is the strongest part of this creative team. <laughs> I think so too. I think the lettering is fantastic. So far, I've not had a problem with the lettering at all. I think yep. it's great. I think the he's interior got... designs are top notch. He's he's dealing with a lot of uh, when when there is talking. There's quite a bit of talking. And he is, he's fitting it in there with the art, you know? I think he knows how to, what <laughs> yeah. he can get away with. <laughs> well, it's like, it's not like you ever fucking, editors stop that shit. It's not like you ever see a fucking bubble with like words just shooting out of the side of it that couldn't fit. <laughs> Published. <laughs> but, okay, that being said. I don't think that's right, Bill Tortellini. You know I, what, Bill I'm, Tortellini, you did a great job writing inside of the lines. I'm glad yeah. you said that because there is a typo in this book. But there's a Where? there's a, uh, a somebody says the word leave and it's missing the e at the end of it, and it's just leave. Well, that's how you say that's how that's medieval leave. It's mid medieval. It's somewhere in here. Can't remember where it is, but yeah, there is a <laughs> there is a uh, there's a typo. Where uh, e is missing at the end of uh, missing at the end of the word for leave, and I was like, "Man, Bill Tortellini wouldn't fuck that up. He would fit the <laughs> whoever the editor is." There's no editor listed in the. There's no editor list. There's no editor. <laughs> no editor listed in the in the credits. Uh maybe Dynamite just has their in-house edit- editing team. I don't know. But there's no one, yeah. no one credited for it, so we can only assume that this book was not edited, and it was in fact Bill Tortellini that did the most that did the most editing. 
he was you you know what he was fighting an uphill battle with this you know like things were working against him and he was working with what he got <laughs> but that's really that is like how you make Torlini. you work with you work with what you got some things might work against you the that you know the water might boil a little too fast the Torlini might get a little too soggy you find ways to work with it. You don't want the sauce to get overcooked. You don't want it to under, be undercooked. No one wants undercooked sauce. What? No. Well, okay. Now, here's this Here's this part where you were talking about earlier where, like, Tam shows up and he puts uh, his hand on Rand's shoulder. And you see this whole section on page uh, 20 where yeah, each character is, because, is cut up. You know? Yeah, none of now, them even fucking look like anyone. But Who are all these the, people? Uh, these are all cut up. The, all all what the characters are cut up. Because first, Rand, Rand just screams. A hand comes on his shoulder. He just screams. And then it reveals, I guess it's Tam. It just shows a guy. But I honestly was like, I, I don't know who this is. <laughs> and so it's very, it's very anticlimactic of Rand being like, ah! And then there's no dialogue. It just shows them look at each other. And then Rand says, um... And then it gets to the part you were just saying where it shows all of the other characters sort of smiling at each other. And it makes no fucking sense. The thing that I'm, I'm noticing here is that I, I'm not exactly sure how comics are put together. So I'm, I'm an idiot on that front. And so uh, I'm just assuming here. But did Bill Torlini just get like these six different panels kind of like out of context? And he's like, now put it all together here. And he's like, what no, the fuck? Bill Torlini. How am I going to put this on the page? <laughs> Well, no, because yeah. Bill Torlini is just letters. There's no. no dialogue there. Yeah, I know, I know. But also the interior design, like how the layout is. So you have this picture of Matt laughing. You have this picture of Perrin laughing. You have this picture of Nynaeve or Egwene. So did he just get these three different things that are... And also the 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 image of like, Tam with his hand on it? Rand's shoulder. It, what is happening? That, that is cut in half as well. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, it's why very, is that it's very weird have? because what is like what is happening here? Are they watching the Gleeman? Are they watching Tom perform? And this is their like happy reactions, or are they all just giving like little knowing smiles to Rand and Tam? Because that's fun. Or they're just knows? like I think what what came off to me is that like you know the hand went on Rand. Rand got surprised by the hand, and everybody's looking at Rand oh and God. laughing at him because he How made a, people he, pay money he you just said rand and hand like 12 times each i'm sorry everybody you know this is <laughs> this is a show <laughs> and then uh yeah they all like laugh at him but then the glee man tom gets it like embarrassed or he's like thrown off his game by the shout that and he's just like i'm gonna go get drunk i'm done with this yeah he's just he's he's yeah and that's it's just, like he's and, he's acting like a real kanye west you know what yeah. I mean? You notice one guy in the crowd. He knows one guy in the crowd, like, stop paying attention, and he's like, fuck this. I'm out. Right. Did that happen in the book? I don't know. I don't remember if it happened in the book. I don't I don't remember a lot of a lot of this first these first couple chapters, unfortunately. Hey man, those first couple chapters, like to anybody just starting out on the eye of the world, like I, I don't blame them at all if they have to reread that first you know, quarter of the book a couple of times or at least twice to understand what was going on. Cause it, it, it does kind of throw you in there and there's a lot of information and a lot of clothes to be described. A lot of clothes. A lot of clothes. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing that, that really is the thing though, is that Robert Jordan spends so much time 
detailing the world, detailing the people, detailing the clothes. Mm-hmm. And that does not transition in this in in these character depictions in this artwork. Now we're still in Emmons Field. A lot of people are just wearing potato sacks. That's fine. <laughs> but Maureen is not wearing a potato sack. Louis Theron Telemann is not wearing a potato sack. No, should not be wearing a potato sack. But what did it look like he was wearing? A potato sack with red paint on it. And a yin yang. <laughs> Two yin yangs. I don't know. I love potatoes. <laughs> Look, it's nothing against potatoes here. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I need a lot of mashed potatoes lately. That's easy good for you. It's so it's easy. It's pretty quick. It's easy. You just mash them up, boil them, uh, mash them up, put them what in. Do you uh, do you put them? Put some butter in there, or you're not a big uh, meat guy. You don't use a lot of like animal byproducts. No, I'm like a weird half vegan, half vegetarian boy. So right. I put in I put in fake butter, a vegan spread. I believe it's called. I put that not in. The, and I put I, in. Not the uh, I can't believe it's not butter stuff. No, because you know what? I can believe it's not butter. Because the <laughs> amount of chemicals that are in that shit are f- astronomical. And of course it's not butter. Of course it's not. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much a, battery acid. You know, you melt it, you get gas. You can put it in your it's, car. It is, yeah, <laughs> it is gas. I, one, I, yeah. It's a, that's, that's, an old, that's an old trick from Will and I's punk. That's an old trick from Will and I's punk days back in the day when we were little punk rock <laughs> punk rockers. You run out of gas, you melt yeah. down some uh can't believe it's not butter, put that in your gas tank. It's the same thing. Yeah, whenever you it go cuts on it tour, down about by three half three containers. Three containers of I can't believe it's not butter. Take that on tour, you're safe. You're good. You're you good. can at least make backup. it to the next town. You can at least make it to the next town. And it's yeah. happened. And they've it's always got a grocery happened. store where you can get some more. <laughs> But I like to put a little bit, a little bit of the fake butter in. I like to leave the skin on, and uh, and then I, you know, splash almond milk. I like that. They got this almond milk now that has protein, protein in it. Ooh. Nine grams, nine grams in a jug. It's not bad. Put a little bit of that in there. Mm. I like garlic. I like pepper. I like. Uh, I've been using this zatar spice. You ever had zatar? No, I haven't. Lay some it's a zatar good blend of spices. It's a. It's a. I believe it's a, a Middle Eastern or uh, possibly even Mediterranean. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say right now, full disclosure. I'm not entirely sure what the <laughs> word Mediterranean means, aside from black olives and feta cheese and onions, because that's what it means in terms of a pizza. <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it's like Greeks, Greek the Greek area. Yeah, I mean I, exactly. It's a like Greek. What, but yeah. what does that mean? Elaborate. I, I, uh, old. I don't know. Why did exactly. I say old? <laughs> so, <laughs> so Zatar Spice. Check it out, people. It's very good. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Well, okay. Now we've picked apart the look of it and uh, how everything's laid out. I kind of want to talk about how they do the story. And my biggest gripe here is that it is so by the numbers of the of the book with a couple of exceptions. Like, Without the Gleeman rhyming, you know, uh, Tom is already there. He just bursts out of, he just bursts out of uh, the shadows, uh, the shadows, basically. But there are a couple points here where I'm like, you know, as a companion piece, as a, as an extra to somebody that who's already a fan of the Wheel of Time, you could have added a couple extra story beats to see some behind the scenes action of what other characters are thinking. Specifically, one thing that comes out to me is the 
the council meeting that Pat and Fane has with the rest of the town leaders. That would have been kind of cool to see. And you could have done some character development with Pat and Fane and him laying into like being a little seedy. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Something like that. Or there's not least... much to imply in this, in this second issue. There's not, there's nothing to really imply that Pat and Fane is a shifty fellow except for the way they've his... drawn him to look like the joke for his face. <laughs> yeah. So they've really given that one away. Because they've drawn him to look like a, a maniac, but in the in the comic in the book, it takes a while for you to really figure out if Pat and Fane is good or bad, whose side he's on, if he is just mm-hmm. a peddler. That reminds me, there was one uh, there was one line of dialogue I thought was fun where um, where yeah, the peddler had to leave and go go to the meeting, go to the council meeting or whatever, and there was one guy that was like, but what? Hey, but my wife sent me to buy pins. You know how yeah. fucking pissed my wife is gonna be if I come home with no fucking pins? Where no, are the you gotta pins? give me some pins. And what kind of pins does he have? Are just safety pins? Is she like in dire need of safety pins, or does she want like is she a pin collector like those people who go to Disney and they get those enamel pins and mm-hmm. then they trade them with each other? Because that's big. That's that's big time. Those Disney enamel pins. Are they? Of course you oh, would know yeah, if that that's was a whole that's all <laughs> yeah, yeah, you but... would know that would there be a market for that shit. <laughs> yeah, there is, it's big time. Because well they've been making those pins for like fifty years. And there's like limited yeah. time ones and there's and they're all very nice. Mm. High quality wow. enamel detailed pins. Some of them are only around for like special events. And then people will trade them to each other. And I've even heard of a murder or two occurring. <laughs> Hey, 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 we got to talk about that on the Patreon. You know, we'll get into the investigation of those happening in our true crime. That's, it. That's what you're getting. <laughs> Death by Disney. Oh, now we're on to a show here. Uh, what would you add here as like, as a one, what would you add in this issue as a story beat that we did not see in either the book or this comic book, just to add a little flavor to the to this well, issue. I would like to. I would give a bit more of Perrin. Perrin is just sort of there. There's not really much explanation. There's not really much explanation of him at all in this book. Uh, in the in the graphic novel, like he mentions when they talk about leaving and going wherever they're going, he mentions, "Oh, I'll I'll check with Master Luan tomorrow if it's okay," because yeah. he is a blacksmith apprentice. He's a blacksmith yeah. apprentice of Master Luan. Which we don't know that. If you are just reading this, there's nothing to tell you that. There's nothing to tell you that. Even if you are a reader of, even if you read Eye of the World, there's nothing about the look of Perrin at all that says that he's a blacksmith. I'm Perrin. He is wearing the same fucking clothes as everybody else. Everybody Everybody else. else. Yeah, he has long hair, I guess, which I didn't think he had. (laughs) Honestly, I thought he had short, like, uh, grayish, blackish hair all over his body and tiny little ears. Long snout and a tail. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would have been yeah. fun to see like Perrin go home, go home to his uh to his to his cave, <laughs> and everybody's just wolves there, and he's like, guys, everybody's just wolves, guys, yeah. We're gonna go on an adventure. Don't worry, guys, it's foreshadowing. We're gonna go on an adventure, like I, I you know. Uh, Rand saw this weird black rider. Parents saw this weird black rider. Like it's 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 it, like things are happening. And the wolves are going. Oh, 
Yeah. He's like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The story is fine. The I don't really care that the story is whatever. Honestly, it, at the end of the day, it is a comic adaptation, and they only have thirty six issues or whatever, however many. It might be thirty seven actually, because it's one point five. And uh, you have to make certain cuts, which is fine. I wish they would have framed the story like they did in the uh, the first issue. Uh, around Egwene a little bit. That would have been kind of cool to do. And then you would see a bunch of the festivities and how the town kind of like works with each other. And like, oh, I would have loved winter, that. With, with Winter Night. That'd be such a fun thing as like, as a little added extra, especially th- 20 years, 30 years after the original book. Like, you think that they would have just a better understanding of how this town kind of works and frame the story that way. Yeah. That's what I mean. It seems like it should have got a stronger treatment, but I don't know. We'll see how things how things go with it. It's more the, honestly, the artwork is a bigger disappointment to me than the story. Show don't tell, especially in movies and, and especially in visual arts and comics. Graphic gra- graphic novels are part of that. So yeah. you can you have space to tell, but you have so much space to show. And when you are filling in the background with just a cross stitch shadow pattern. You're wasting a lot of space that you could show a couple old ladies begging some bread. Or maybe some people erecting the spring pole. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe a brandy a brandy salesman pushing his cart down the street. Saying, Brandy, come get your brandy. <laughs> it could have been any number of things, but instead, it is poorly drawn shadows. Which is fine. Yeah. But again... Well, that's why you get a six out of ten in my books. I'm 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 with there. I'm with you on that one. Like, I'm happy that there is a comic book series out there for people to kind of attach themselves to if they want to enter the Wheel of Time world through this way. But I still, at this point, still recommend the book far more than the comic book. I mean, I think it's impo- I think it's impossible. I think it's impossible for it to top the the book. Mm. So I think we should compare it to something entirely different. Let's compare it to the movie adaptation of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. So I think it's already better than that. And <laughs> we'll just go from there. That's our baseline? I like that. Yeah. You know? Is it better than Avatar The Last Airbender directed by M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. Not a lot of room for failure. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a small margin yeah yeah <laughs> amazing amazing well man uh i think that pretty much covers everything that i wanted to talk about for this issue uh i do want to say that this like we are excited to get the patreon up and running back on july 1st this is still one of those we're doing kind of a lead up up to the patreon launch point mm-hmm. all these episodes will be available up to that launch point uh, as kind of like a teaser. Well, these keep... these are remaining free though, right? Not think... not just up to. The first six yeah. will remain free. So they're not yeah. just available up to the launch. They right. are available. They will remain free the entire time. And uh, so that you can wet your whistle, get a little sous of what I we have it. to offer. I love it. And with that being said... That's it. We have nothing else to say. That is the end 
of our <laughs> second Patreon episode of the Wheel of Time graphic novel series. And I guess we'll be back next week for issue number two of the Wheel of Time graphic novel comic book by Dynamite. Dynamite.